Well, this morning, uh, I wanted to be careful that I didn't take away or detract from the celebration by talking too much. So um, I would, um, if you guys would open up your Bibles, if you'd like to, I'm going to be reading from the NIV version, um, or if you'd like, it's just right here in the sermon guide as well, Psalm 1, oh, sorry, Psalm 16. A miktam. Uh, interesting. That is not part of the sermon, so you're getting extra here. Um, is, uh, <laughs> the uh, a miktam is, they think it's possibly a, like, a, like an epitaph or, or on a headstone or on a marker, that possibly like a gravestone sort of writing. It's, but there, there's difficulty understanding. There's, lots, there's a few different opinions about a, what a miktam is, but that's the one that I thought was the most compelling. It's probably like a, a marker somewhere saying, and this represents like something someone might say like after their life or like on a headstone or something. Yeah. Glad I was ready for that one. <laughs> uh, so uh, before we get started, if you would, uh, if you'd like to read along, feel free to do that. Or if you'd like to just listen uh, uh, to these words. Psalm 16, a miktam of David. Keep me safe, my God, for in you I take refuge. I say to the Lord, you are my Lord. Apart from you, I have no good thing. I say of the holy people who are in the land, they are the noble ones in whom is all my delight. Those who run after other gods will suffer more and more. I will not pour out libations of blood to such gods or take their names on my lips. Lord, you alone are my portion and my cup. You make my lot secure. The boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Surely I have a delightful inheritance. I will praise the Lord who counsels me even at night, my heart instructs me. I keep my eyes always on the Lord. With him at my right hand, I will not be shaken. Therefore, my heart is glad and my tongue rejoices. My body will also rest secure. Because you will not abandon me to the realm of the dead, nor will you let your faithful ones see decay. You make known to me the path of life. You fill me with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. This morning, we are celebrating and praising God. It has been a long year. It has been a long year with numerous setbacks, discouraging turns of events, long isolations, uh, concern for people about people getting sick or even ourselves. Um, but I wanted to say, and this psalm reminds us that God has sustained us, that as I was talking even with a friend of mine today about how he has grown in his faith, uh, I've talked with a few people in our church family, and over this time, how they've been able to have times of prayer with their spouse, a time that they normally didn't, or even their own devotion is growing, or their small group has gotten stronger. Some have grown in their marriage. Some have struggled in their marriage. Uh, many have grown in their devotion to Jesus. And even if you feel more distant, and some of you might feel that this morning, I want to encourage all of us that God remains with us. We see it in our province right now as things are opening up, as God is bringing healing here, providing a way for us to gather together again, uh, to worship together. I can, only, um, I can only try to express how much different it is to see all of you like this in one place at one time. For the last few weeks, I remember the first week that we gathered together, it was bittersweet. It was great to see everyone again, but at the same time, it was difficult as we were, I think, 20-some people scattered throughout this room and how different that feels than all of us gathered here, like today. And singing, right, absolutely. So God has sustained us, and that's for sure. 
And as we gather today, we realize, especially like if you look at verse 5 and 6, um, that it says that, Lord, you alone are my portion and my cup. You make my lot secure. The boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Surely I have a delightful inheritance. Some debate uh, about uh, this psalm. Some think that maybe the psalm writer or David is, is praying or writing this prayer in the middle of trouble. Some think that maybe actually he, he's written this after the trouble has passed and he's on the other side of it now. And that part relates or resonates with me more to this morning as I feel that we are coming out the other side of a very difficult year. For some of us, um, we feel this joy. Maybe some of you are feeling it too, even this morning as we celebrate and praise God uh, on this other side of trouble. Indeed, the Lord alone is our, por- our portion and our provision. I was thinking about it this week, how not only is the Lord the portion, and I think of like, if you think of maybe like a soup or something like that, or a portion of soup, or a portion of a meal. Not only is he the portion, but he's also the cup that holds it. He's everything for us. Not just the food we get, but the plate that it comes on, so to speak. He makes our provision secure. And through all of this, he is still here. We are still here. Your church family still gathering together. And we are here now, gathered together in this one service. It's been over a year since we've been able to gather like this for worship. And so we praise God. And so it's right for us to celebrate. As it says in verse 7, it says, I will praise the Lord who counsels me. In verse 9, where it says, Therefore my heart is glad and my tongue rejoices. All of our body parts getting involved. We praise God for his faithfulness this morning. It's important for us to stay close to God, especially for the next while here. In verse 4, it says, We hear of those who are tempted with idols. Those who run after other gods, they struggle more and more. The psalmist says, I will not even engage in that sort of worship. I won't even pour out blood, which was an ancient way of, of offering or worshiping false or different gods in, in, around Israel. And he's saying, I won't even do that. I'm going to stay faithful to you, Lord God. Trouble is these false gods come. They're so tempting when times are hard. We try to find ways to make life work for us. We see that when things are difficult. Over this last year, no doubt, some of us have been tempted. And not only that, but when things are good, we are also tempted with other idols. Idols like things like busyness um, or getting too involved in things or, or, or being so busy that we don't have time for God. I was thinking some about that this uh, these last few weeks about how as things begin to open up more and more, uh, it will be even harder and harder to spend that time with God. That some of you have talked about of how things have slowed and the world has shrunk a bit and has given you more time to appreciate who God is, to spend more time in devotion in the morning or to recognize where he's at work around your home or in creation. That we have to be careful that we don't get too busy and then squeeze out our time with God. So let us resolve today, us as this church, as this family of God gathered in this place, as we resolve, let us resolve to stay close to God, to celebrate, and to keep our eyes on him. To keep our eyes on Jesus and to stay close to him. Not to fall backward, but to grow in our devotion right now. Especially now as everything begins to open up and the, the idea of going somewhere in another part of Canada or even our families getting ready to go visit our family in the U.S. That as things open up, let us resolve to stick close to Jesus. No matter where we're at, we resolve to 
set aside that time, whether it's in the morning or in the evening, to spend with him. So that with him at our right hand, we will not be shaken. That the things that may come, that may be new complications that come out of these, these next few months or this next year, that we will stay close to Jesus. If we stick close to him, he will make known to us the path of life. As it talks about in verse 13. He will fill us with joy in his presence and eternal pleasure at his right hand. God will be at work not only in our hope for the future, but in our lives right now. That future hope spills backward into our present reality and changes things for us even now. And so let us praise God as life is opening up again, as we're able to gather together again like this for worship. Let us praise God as we're able to reconnect not only here this morning, but uh, later this morning, we're able to share coffee together and talk with each other around tables or visit each other in homes. Let us praise God as we are gathered together again. Let our hearts be glad and let our tongues rejoice. Amen. This morning, I am grateful that uh, it worked out where we get to share communion on this first Sunday when we're all gathered together again. And so, it is our sacred privilege to celebrate the Lord's Supper. The words that are spoken, they are familiar. They remind us of the rhythms of our faith. They remind us that we come from a deep tradition, a tradition that has lasted 2,000 years, a tradition that has withstood wars and famines, even pandemics. Some of the words are new, some of them are 2,000 years old, but all of these words are ours. It is our privilege to celebrate the Lord's Supper. All who trust in Christ and desire his holy life, all who mourn their sin and wish to be delivered from it, all who crave new life in Christ, all who follow the commandments of God and walk in his holy ways, you, you are invited to this meal. Now, friends, this is a joyful meal for the people of God. In one sense, it is a meal, a mysterious meal that unites us and nourishes our faith that reminds us that we belong together. And especially today as we share it, it reminds us that we are connected. Connected through our relationships, through years of following Jesus together, but more importantly, as children of God, with one Savior who unites us and holds us all together. In another sense, this meal is only a taste. It is only a taste of the heavenly banquet in which all of God's people throughout time and around the world will gather together at God's table in God's presence. Many will come from the east and the west, from the northern hemisphere and the southern hemisphere, and sit at the table with God in his kingdom. This is the Lord's table. Our Savior invites all who trust in him to share in this meal. If this meal is new to you, or if you're not sure yet what you think about Jesus or believe about him, we invite you to watch and then to ask us later, what does this meal mean for us? We'd love to share it with you. As we prepare to come to the Lord's table, we reflect on our reason for thankfulness and for faith. We reflect on our need for forgiveness and love. Come to this sacred table, not because you must, but because you may. Come to, this, come to testify not that you are righteous, but that you sincerely love our Lord Jesus Christ and desire to be his true disciples. Come not because you are strong, but because you are weak. Not because you have any claim on the grace of God, but because in your frailty and sin, you stand in constant need of God's mercy and his help. Come not to express an opinion, 
but to seek God's presence and to pray for his spirit to come. We're about ready to begin sharing this meal together. And for those of you who are joining online, if you want to pause here and to gather juice and bread uh, so that you can share it with us, uh, now would be a good time to do that. If you would, please stand as we profess what we believe. Let us stand firmly together with the historic church that goes back 2,000 years and the global church which includes our brothers and sisters to the east and to the west, and to our brothers and sisters who join us from the northern hemisphere and the southern hemisphere. Let us speak these words together. We believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. We believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven, is seated at the right hand of God the Father Almighty, and will come again to judge the living and the dead. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Universal Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sin, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. Amen. The Lord Jesus Christ. On the night he was betrayed, he took bread, and after he had given thanks, and he broke, and he said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Then in the same way, after the supper, he took the cup. And he said, this cup is a new covenant, poured out in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it remembering me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes again. Church family, these are the gifts of God for the people of God. These gifts remind us that we belong together, that we have one Lord who holds us together. Please have a seat.